0: you're not a worthless person because you can't lose weight you're a worthy person because that's who you were created to be and it doesn't matter whether you stay the same weight you're at whether you gain weight whether you lose weight your worth doesn't um doesn't isn't shakeable. you can't shake your worth it's it's already set in stone it's there
1: losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I am your host, Carl, and today I'm pleased to be joined by a fellow podcaster who has embarked on an amazing journey of weight loss. Our topic today is focused around bariatric surgery, which, for anyone not familiar with this, is the collective way of describing any type of surgery on your stomach as a way to aid weight loss. My guest today is Shay Quinn from USA and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about her journey. Having welcomed previous guests to the podcast who have experienced a similar journey of weight loss through bariatric surgery, I realize that this is not the quick and easy fix that many assume it to be. And so I think it's a great opportunity to find out more about it, the process of, of how this actually can impact your life and then the amazing things that have come of it from Shay's journey. So Shay, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Thank you. I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Carl. One of the things I was most excited about was just like getting to listen to your voice and like your accent. Like I just, I love a good UK accent. And so I feel like I'm, I hope I don't take away from it. That's probably my biggest fear because I, I just love listening to your voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, I'll take that compliment, because <laughs> the area of the UK that I'm from, Essex, just outside of London, is it, not known for being a desirable accent. So uh, I, I really appreciate that. Thanks in very much. In
0: comparison to my Valley Girl accent, that's what we call it. I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and we, I tend to draw things out and say things like this and you know i'm playing it up a little bit right now but in comparison yours is much more sophisticated and enjoyable to listen to so wow. that's just fact
1: i'll take sophisticated thank you and you know <laughs> actually a, a small fact this time 10 years ago i was actually in los angeles uh-huh. um because my wife and i got married in vegas just oh, over nice. 10 years ago we've just literally celebrated our, our 10-year anniversary a few days ago thank you so much and, and we went to la as part of uh, the trip after after Vegas, and we were only there for a couple of days, but we had an amazing time um i bumped into dick van dyke which for me was an absolute dream come true yeah. because you know growing up loving mary poppins and diagnosis oh. murder I was, I was over the moon about it so uh-huh. um so it was it was one of those magical trips i got to see somebody famous and um, you got to marry really the enjoyed. love
0: of your life i mean
1: of course I, I always joke to you know every time it comes up to our anniversary but i'll never forget our wedding anniversary because it was the day before i met dick van dyke and, uh, i love that <laughs> Anyway, Shay, so I, I know we don't have a huge amount of time today and I really, really want to hear yeah. about your journey because I think it's a, an amazing one and, and you've achieved so much. So would it be okay if we could just start by maybe telling us a little bit about yeah, yourself? You
0: bet. So- you know, my name is Shay. I'm uh, 28 years old. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I now live in Oregon, which people aren't as familiar with Oregon because everybody knows California. Oregon is just directly above California and it doesn't get as much attention as California, but I love it there. Um, I'm married. I've actually been with my husband for 11 years, but married um, about seven. Um, we have two corgis, um, those are from, you know, those are the queen's dogs. So that's a little bit of the UK that we have, um, in the United States for us. Um, yeah. And I, I've, um, been working for a healthcare system for almost 10 years and just kind of started in this content creation world, which has been super cool. I've done photography and videography for many, many years before this, um, But I kind of have an eclectic background. I've kind of done a a lot of um, different things, but I also have my master's degree in um, psychology. So I've done a lot of um, work in learning about how our brains work. And and I think that's what makes me just so interested with people in general. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me
1: as well as all of the interesting things that you've done. And I mean, we can talk more about the the content creation that you do now because you've got a fantastic Instagram account. You've got a fantastic YouTube channel. You're involved in podcasts and you know, this is just something that I I would imagine has come out of the success you've Mm -hmm. had with your own personal journey in Mm -hmm. the, the last year or so. So talking about the success you've had, but going back maybe to begin with a little bit before that, Could Mm -hmm. you tell us a bit more about your journey and and managing your weight and and how that has impacted your life before you made that decision to have surgery?
0: Definitely. Yeah. So I have always been like a bigger kid. Like I have always carried excess weight, like since I was young. Um, and you know, it was something I always felt kind of like kind of self-conscious about, but I was always able to manage like, and, and I think, um, a lot of, how shame kind of played in my life is, is kind of telling me, you know, that almost, almost saying like, it's okay the way I am, which it was okay the way I I, I was, but it kind of would put a weird twist on it of like, but your worth is still tied up in your weight. So it was very contradictory in, in the, in the things that it told me. But, um, so my husband and I, we got married really young, and we wanted to start trying to have a family. And that's kind of where I, I feel like my journey started because, um, you know, we thought we would be ready to start trying to have kids. We'd get pregnant, have kids, be super easy. And for us, it just didn't turn out to be that way. And so we struggled with infertility for about three years. And in that time, I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a um, people call it PCOS. That's how I usually refer to it, but it's basically a metabolic dysfunction that many women, um, have it's, it's becoming more talked about and more, um, I don't know that it's more common, but people are just talking about it more. And so with that, there's lots of not so great symptoms that come along with it, but one of them can be infertility and, um, and weight gain. And so it was kind of nice to get that diagnosis just to go, okay, at least I have a name for what's contributing and what's what's happening to my body. Um, but then it was also devastating like ugh, like you know, I've always wanted to be a mom. That's always been my goal. And to think that that wasn't an option was just like so sad. And um, so in that time, I really started learning more about nutrition and um, how to just properly fuel my body. I, I know a lot of us can relate that, you know i was i grew up in a very diet culture um world where people always had like the newest diet the newest fad so i mean i've tried everything when it came you know to losing excess weight i've tried keto i've tried low carb i've tried macro counting everything. And it got to a point where I was consistently, um, fueling my body with good food, you know, moving my body in a way that felt good. And I still wasn't seeing the physical results of that. And it was so frustrating. Like my husband was even seeing results from kind of, you know, changing our habits. Um, and it was just so frustrating. So, At that point, um, my mother-in-law actually had, um, gotten bariatric surgery. She had gotten the vertical sleeve gastrectomy and she said, you know, have you thought about that? She had seen some research talking about how bariatric surgery can help, um, women that struggle with PCOS and also help with fertility. And, um, and when she first brought it up, I was kind of like, oh, like, no, like what I'm doing, I think is going to work. And, um, thanks, but no thanks. And she was really, we have a close relationship where, she, you know, it was really nice how she brought it up. It wasn't like she was, you know, being judgmental towards me or saying, Oh, like you should get this done in, in a negative way at all. Um, but then when I started looking at the research more and what really kind of shifted my mindset to really consider bariatric surgery is seeing obesity as a disease. Cause that's really what it is. I have a, a longstanding family history of obesity um, on both sides of my family, um, and I grew up not really learning about proper nutrition. So that was kind of an additional component um, to when, in my adult life, I could get and I could make the choice to actually have, um, you know, make the right choices that for food that fueled my body. You know, incorporate movement in my metabolism was kind of already shot and working against me, but it wasn't because of anything I was doing or not doing. So when I learned that bariatric surgery, it's not just for people to lose weight. It actually is a total metabolic reset that you can offer to your body to where now I'm about a year post-op. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but Um, now the choices that I'm making for my body are reflecting in my physical appearance because I have a well-functioning metabolism. So um, that's kind of what helped me make that decision um, for bariatric surgery. And then March of 2022 is when I got it done. And so it's almost been a year since I've had it. And since that time, I usually count my highest weight as where I started. And so since my highest weight, I've lost about 100 pounds since then, um, which I, I should have done the conversion to stones. I don't know exactly what that would be for, for stones for our UK listeners, but 100 pounds is what I've lost so far.
1: So 100 pounds is just over seven stone. Congratulations, really, Shay, because it's it's something I want to touch on talking about this episode, if that's OK, in the fact that... As I mentioned before, for some people, I believe bariatric surgery can be seen as as a, a soft option. Totally. Or it can be seen as a way that people who are not willing to lose weight the traditional way
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And, and decide to have surgery instead. But having one of my very early episodes on the podcast, um, I learned very quickly that this was definitely not an easy way out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the process of going through the surgery creates a whole different level of challenges mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. are not aware of. And it's not something that's taken lightly either, because you're you're putting your body through quite a major surgery. Right. Um, and I, I'm really interested to, to talk about this because I think it's important that for anybody listening, they don't first of all think that it's an easy option because I don't mm-hmm. believe it is. Nor do I think that people who take this option have done so lightly Mm -hmm. in the majority of cases or have not been spending their whole life trying other methods or because Mm -hmm. of the health implications that their bodies may suffer with, Mm -hmm. have not tried anything else before coming to this. For a lot of people, I realize it's almost like a last chance saloon Mm -hmm. and it can be very difficult to actually go through because the, the recovery is extremely long. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're you're changing your ability to be able to eat mm-hmm. for the rest of your life mm-hmm. in, in most senses. And I know there are different types of bariatric surgery and I, mm-hmm. I'm interested to know what type you have, because I understand that there's a sleeve. I understand mm-hmm. there's a bypass mm-hmm. um, and I won't get into too many details because I honestly don't know too much about them. Yeah. But maybe you could tell us a bit more about the surgery that you had Definitely. and the process that you went through mm-hmm. to actually get where you are today, one year later and seven yeah. stone. 100 pounds lighter
0: yeah yeah that's thank you it's a great question and and because and i want to be like upfront and honest that i was one of those people that was like yeah like bariatric surgery probably works for other people but like i can do it on my own i you know i don't need the help like i'm disciplined enough i'm determined enough and for myself that was really just pride getting in the way um because I'm a very determined person, and I think that's maybe a misconception too—that people who have the disease of obesity are lazy, or you know, they're they're just sitting on their butts eating donuts all day, and like this is their fault that they're that way. Yes, there's ownership, right? Like they you know, but I can honestly say, like I was eating the right foods to support my body. I was doing everything where I should have had you know regular um, cycles. And it still wasn't happening. So I think that's where shame entered into my life a lot of, you know, making me think that if I just did this one more diet, or if I just tried a little bit harder, or if I was just a little bit more consistent, then I would, you know become X, Y, and Z, then I would lose the weight, then I would be healthy, but that's not how our bodies work. So I think it's just important to acknowledge that of like, do your own research. This is coming from research I've done. I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm not a clinical person, but realizing that was like, Oh, wait a second. Like I'm not the one that's flawed. It's my body needs some support and help. And so I did a ton of research on like the different types of bariatric surgery. The the two most common ones that you'll hear about are the vertical sleeve gastrectomy and then the gastric bypass or the R&Y is another another name for it. Um, Back like 10, 15 years ago, the lap band was really popular. Um, that one research has come out and it, and it shows that it's, it's not super effective. People tend to have a lot of complications, um, when using that. So kind of, I would say like the industry standard ones are the gastric sleeve and the gastric bypass. So for me, um, when I was deciding which route to, to go down, I did research on both and there's pros and cons to both of them. Like there are with most things. Um, for me, it was really helpful just to acknowledge what my goals were. So for me, I wasn't really too concerned about like losing a bunch of weight or being skinny or whatever. Um, it was more, I really wanted to be a mom. And so the way to become a mom is to have a healthy functioning, um, you know, having normal, um, period and menstrual cycles um, having regulated hormones, um, things of that nature. and so um, the other thing that I wanted to consider like you had alluded to, um, it's a big decision and it's and it and it's I didn't want to get to a point where it's like okay, I maybe lost a bunch of weight but now I can't get pregnant or because I, I can't eat enough or I can't breastfeed now because, Um, you know, I, am not able to eat enough calories to breastfeed. And so I think that's actually a pretty common misconception that, um, life after bariatric surgery, like is totally different. Um, it can be if you want it to be, but like, honestly, with how I am now a year post-op, not, this is just my experience. This isn't how everybody's is. But, um, I am eating pretty, pretty much what I was eating before bariatric surgery, maybe a little bit less, but I'm actually working on getting my, my calories up a little bit. Um, so it it can be what you choose and it's kind of like based on luck too and kind of how your surgery goes and whatnot, but that's just been my experience. So what ultimately led me to picking the gastric sleeve is the fact that with the sleeve, they cut your stomach vertically um and they remove i think it's anywhere from like 80 to 85% of your stomach um but they keep your in, they don't do anything with your intestines they keep that kind of just the same they're just like shrinking your stomach and taking part of it out with the gastric bypass they actually leave your stomach in there but they create a little pouch out of it and they reroute your intestines to where um it, the pouch is usually about the size of like an egg and so it fits less and there's, and again, there's more like rerouting. For me, I liked the idea that with the, the sleeve, my stomach can expand over time. That can kind of be a pro or a con, depending on what your goals are. But for me, because I wanted to make sure that I could work up my nutrition to be at a place to support pregnancy, to support breastfeeding, I liked that idea that, oh, cool, like I could work on expanding my stomach a little bit to ebb and flow with the seasons of life that I'm in. Um, The, I guess, pro with the gastric bypass, if you look at the research, there's a higher chance of... Successfully maintaining your weight loss, um, like statistically on the gastric bypass, but it's also been a surgery that it's been like the longest one that they have research on. Um, but I think like if I was at a different stage in my life, like let's say that I had already had kids and um, I, that wasn't like a goal of mine, I might've considered the gastric bypass for that reason of just having a higher um, ma- maintenance success rate um but for me and my goals that's kind of why I chose um the sleeve so okay. sorry I feel like I've been talking a lot but
1: <laughs> no no not at all it's very interesting and like I wanted to say as well that with this podcast it's very much about supporting people on a weight loss mm-hmm. journey regardless of which method they have chosen mm-hmm. to lose weight and I, I think the one thing I will say is that I, I'm A firm supporter and believer that it has to be a a safe method yes you know i wouldn't support people in in dangerous calorie deficits or people who are Mm. harming themselves in in, to quickly lose weight but i think because of the amount of attention that bariatric surgery has now and i will say that i I believe this surgery became more popular in the u.s before it reached europe and so Mm -hmm. we're definitely some years behind And, and, and that's the same for many I'll say trends or many new technologies that, that mm-hmm. come out of the U S it takes a while for it to reach the UK and even longer for it to reach Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I'll say, it be attention that it's getting now. I think it's even more pertinent now to actually talk about it mm-hmm. than to move away from it because people will make their own decisions and people will decide if this is something that they want to pursue. Yes.
0: I'm always very cautious or, or I take what I- the words that I say very seriously in that I never want, or it's never my goal to convince somebody to have bariatric surgery. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I think that's just weird in my opinion. Like I just want to give people my experience and make sure that it's known that this is how it's worked for me. But as humans, we're all different. Like we all experience things differently. And just because this worked for me doesn't mean it's the right decision for everybody. I think what I, if I had had somebody that was a bit more balanced or just giving kind of more facts or their experience, like that's what I was looking for when I, when I was looking into bariatric surgery, I wanted somebody to just be kind of open and honest and share their experience so I could make the decision for myself. But, uh, red flags always go up with anything, not even related to bariatric surgery. But if anybody's trying to like sell me on something or convince me of something I'm always hesitant to listen to what they have to say. And that's very much what diet culture is. I was in that for so long of buying what other people were selling all the time that now it's like, no, I want to be informed the best that I'm able to. And I'm the one that gets to make that decision for myself. And so I think, you know, that's just something to consider when you're listening to anything. And that's why I love your podcast so much, because you're not trying to sell anybody on losing weight or you know, doing this or doing that, you're just opening a space for people to share their experiences. And I think that's super cool.
1: I really appreciate that. Thank you. And the one point I was going to make just then is that when you were talking about the type of surgery that you had and mm-hmm. opting for a sleeve, and, and because of the, the difference in success rate, and the fact that by having a sleeve, you still have the opportunity for your, your stomach to expand. And mm-hmm. I think you said that, you know, that can be a pro and a con depending on your, I think your motivation and, and where mm-hmm. you want the, di- the direction you'd like your, your life to take. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that I think happens to a lot of people in that they feel that the surgery will fix their problems. Yeah. But for somebody who may have disordered eating, binge eating, mm-hmm. these kind of problems that are more, I would say related to the mental health side of things, mm-hmm. as opposed to their actual appearance, Mm-hmm. The, uh, the fact that their stomach can then expand again, mm-hmm. just because you've had the surgery, you may lose weight initially. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go anyways to solving the mindset side of things, and your stomach can grow again, mm-hmm. I believe it'd probably only just be a matter of time before that disordered eating would end yeah. up taking you back to where you were.
0: Yeah. And I, and I've seen in the community, um, different ways with that. So like, I feel very fortunate and lucky that I did a lot of the mental and emotional work on myself prior to surgery, not knowing that I was even going to have surgery. I was just in a point in my life of like, where I was going to therapy, learning about, you know, past childhood traumas and kind of working through stuff within myself. Um, So when i had the surgery it was still really hard mentally and emotionally like even though i had done a lot of the work what the surgery did for me is it just gave me more capacity to kind of dig a bit deeper and it kind of expedited my growth um, mentally and emotionally and that was really hard um and so um, i've known it with other people though that maybe went from not really doing much like mental and emotional preparation for surgery they have the surgery and then they actually go through like a very deep depression um, afterwards of like grieving food, grieving um coping habits that have been all that they've ever known. And then um and then are able to kind of work on that mental and emotional piece a bit more after surgery. So um I could understand why people Think that oh like it's kind of the easy way out to have bariatric surgery or yeah that must be nice you know then you just eat less and you lose weight and it's like easy and I have never heard that be the case for anybody I've talked to that has gone through it that it's been that way um the, and like I said I just want to reiterate for for my experience what it did is I, I had so much focus and energy on my physical health for so long, of always trying to lose weight, always trying to eat better, always trying to do X, Y, and Z, that when that was removed, it was actually kind of scary because it's like, oh, I don't have to put so much time and energy to do that anymore. Oh my gosh, here I am left with all of these, like what the root of the issues are and and that was a scary place to sit in. And it's still scary sometimes because it's like, wow, like, you know, I can't eat something to cope with feeling alone. I can't. Um, you know, do the same things that I used to do to cope with feelings. It's like I actually have to feel feelings now. And I, I know we were talking a little bit before of like, I, I just tell people up front now, it's like I cry all the time because like I just before I was able to cope in different ways that weren't healthy for my body to shove down that emotional um, you know, or just to shove down emotions in general. And so, Now it's like, wow, I actually just cry all the time because I'm allowing myself to express and feel emotions. So it's hard. It's really hard. And and I think it just was kind of the catalyst um, for me. The surgery was the catalyst for me to do more of that emotional and mental work. And it kind of sucks. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. And it's worth it.
1: That's brilliant. And and, you know, some of the the best journeys you'll ever take are some of the hardest, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and and that's a very interesting point as well. But for somebody who has historically, maybe for the for many years of their life, turned to food as a coping mechanism, who perhaps, you know, will will binge eat at times of of trauma or Mm -hmm. feeling down or depression. If you remove that ability to do that all of a sudden by having the surgery, that person could often feel pretty lost, I would imagine, or not know how to cope with that Mm -hmm. emotion. And knowing that some of the side effects from overeating once you've Mm -hmm. had surgery can be quite unpleasant and and quite dangerous as well, I think. If people aren't mentally prepared Mm -hmm. to manage that or or, or perhaps don't have a plan on how to deal with that after the surgery... Mm -hmm. I'm sure it could actually be very dark for somebody and, and, and potentially even worse than prior to the surgery.
0: Yeah. And that's why transfer addiction is really common in the bariatric community where, um, you know, before I was using fo- food to cope, but now that's not an option. What other ways can I medicate my emotions or shove them down? And so it's, it's actually fairly, co- or I don't know what the statistics are. I'd have to look, but it's, um, not unusual for people to transfer that their coping skills to drinking or doing drugs or or even um excess uh or excess like restriction of food or like over exercising like there's so many ways to kind of transfer that and it's just there there are so many ways to run away from yourself and and whatever method you use to do that it's not really the method that's necessarily the problem it's just the reason why why you're doing it right and so that could be anything
1: and and I think that that all that really has done is is highlighted that Mm -hmm. maybe the the weight needing to be lost or the feeling that you had to lose weight to be happy Mm -hmm. wasn't the reality and it wasn't actually the the true problem that you have to face because so many people who are overweight and have a belief that once they've lost weight, all their problems will go and fade with it, yes. which is not the case as as we discover yep. time and time again on the episodes, that I've recorded and just from people's own experiences that it's, it's a, a balance that has to be found between mm-hmm. physical and mental health and yep. one cannot succeed without the other, which I think yep. is so important. But Shay, yeah. I, I'd, I'd absolutely sorry you'd like to say something go for it
0: I'll just say one more thing too with that is noticing that there's a lot of self-punishment too and that's kind of scary like I would have never thought that I was like punishing myself but exactly what you said pertains to that And I just wanted to give a name to that of like um, even just thinking like I don't deserve to lose the weight even though I would never like consciously say that or or even admit that that's how I was feeling it was it was just it was just deep down so that self-punishing thing is interesting to acknowledge and, and it's just kind of scary to sit in. So.
1: Of course. And and I think for many people, they will sit in it for years. Like you said, without being consciously aware mm-hmm. that that is the cycle that they need to break, mm-hmm. which is the difficult part. But Shay, there's so many positive things as well about your journey. I'd, I'd really like to jump into and yeah. it's, it's one year since you've had your surgery. And I know there's a period of recovery and some difficult mm-hmm. moments that you have to go through to get that. But as you approach now the maintenance stage, I, and you've lost a hundred pounds, I'd absolutely love to hear about how that has benefited your life and some of the positive outcomes that have come from losing that weight and and how you feel now.
0: Yeah, I mean, physically, I'll start with that. Like, I just feel amazing. Like um, I can just move more without having to worry about things that I used to worry about. And it's again, more like unconscious things that I didn't think about, but like, I would always kind of be afraid that, Oh, if I move a certain way, I'm going to tweak my back. Or, um, I've been roller skating lately, which has been such a blast. I love it. But even like the thought of falling, like, Oh my gosh, I could never recover from that. And now it's like, I just, have so much more like ease with my body and, and I'm so much more in tune with it, which is really cool. Um, also to physically related, my menstrual cycles are completely normal now, um, which is a great indicator that like fertility wise, um, that. I'm, my body's functioning in that way. Um, I'm not like pregnant or we don't have kids yet. Um, cause it's recommended that you wait 12 to 18 months after bariatric surgery before you start trying to conceive again. Um, but physically and metabolically, like I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm hungry. Like I, and, and that's also another good metabolic marker. I know a lot of people are like afraid to be hungry, but I'm, I feel those hunger cues I eat and I know when I've had enough. Um, and so physically awesome mentally and emotionally, I'm doing really well too. I'm still in the thick of like, you know, learning a lot of stuff and it still feels really hard, but it, it, it feels so nice to like finally be myself for so long. I was hiding behind a lot of different things and, um, The surgery just kind of uh forced me to remove my mask and kind of like my safety blanket that I was hiding behind, which was physical weight. Um and so, you know, it's 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 been difficult navigating relationships, even like close relationships with people, because I'm not the person I was a year ago. Like I'm very different. I'm more of myself. And actually I feel like I'm more of who I was when I was like five, six, seven, eight years old, rather than who I was for the the last 15 years. So that's an interesting adjustment. And I mean, that could be a whole other topic is just talking about relationship dynamics after um, bariatric surgery. But overall, like I just have so much like joy and peace. And it just, it, I just feel so, um, so like grateful. And and, it, and it's like weird watching myself because like I started, you know, a YouTube channel and seeing stuff I share on Instagram, it still feels like I'm, I'm looking at a third party person almost like it doesn't really feel like me. Um, it is me and it's it, but I just haven't seen that person in a really long time and so um see i told you I'm, I'm a crier it's 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 inevitable if i don't cry it's like i don't have my signature mark on whatever i'm doing but um but yeah so i mean overall i think if i had to sum it up it's like i just have so much peace and so much joy and even though it's been really hard and there's still really hard parts that peace and joy is like is so present
1: that's amazing and and, and i think just the fact that like you said now that as a result of this, you are much more emotional. I, mm-hmm. I would say that it's it's fantastic that you feel that you can be open about your emotions to yourself. You don't feel that you have to hide from yourself mm-hmm. or withhold or hold back on the way that you truly feel. And and also you mentioned as well that you know y- you have changed a lot in the last year and, and the dynamics of relationships have changed. Mm-hmm. But you are, are being yourself. And, and mm-hmm. this... I believe probably you know brings so much peace to you because you don't feel that you have to please other people by being a certain way. You, you are being yourself, and mm-hmm. you know the close relationships for ones that really matter, the people who really love you. I, I'm sure that the joy and the peace extends to them as well, yeah. and and they feel it. It's a, it's reciprocal because mm-hmm. they see you at peace, which in turn brings them joy, which mm-hmm. must be a really beautiful thing to to experience.
0: It is. And and thank you for saying that. And it's really just enhanced relationships or kind of shed light and made them more of what they already were. So like the relationships that maybe had kind of some underlying issues that kind of just got skirted, you know, un- or, you know, kind of brushed under the carpet. Um, it's just enhanced those relationships where um, it's just, it's more obvious now, I guess. And so on the other side, the relationships that there's always been like a closeness and connection there. It's just enhanced that and it's become more that way. And so it's stuff that's always been there. It's not like by me having surgery, it changed all these other people. You know, it just made it, it's made it more clear of um, what I've needed to do in response to other people is all.
1: Of course. And, And something that's quite a common theme on conversations I've had with people is the fact that, until you're willing to love yourself, until you're willing to, to be yourself and uh, feel able to, to be who you really are, it's very difficult to let people in, mm-hmm. in in a truer sense. Mm-hmm. So by having that peace with yourself, it allows you to have those more pure relationships, I think, with other people. And quite often, it's the people on the outside who, who want you to see that love that they have for you in mm-hmm. the way that they feel it. But mm-hmm. quite often, if you don't love yourself, you're just not able to... to appreciate it or, or accept it. it mm, is something yeah. that you're just not willing to take or, or can't because the, the walls and defenses are there and you kind of block it out and um, yep. almost as a self coping mechanism, I think. So it's amazing to hear that, you know, this has opened so many of these things and the fact that your health and, and physical health is, is now at a place where uh, when the time's right, you'll be able to start trying for a family as mm. well, which is fantastic. And I wanted to touch on this because one of my episodes it, I, if you haven't listened to it, um, with Tracy, and mm-hmm. she is a, an amazing another Brit, so she has the English accent. You can listen to. Awesome! But, I'm sold
0: then, already. I'm going to listen to it right now.
1: She's <laughs> hilarious. She's such a lovely lady, and she has PCOS. Mm-hmm. And again, she decided to start losing weight because she wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about on the episode about you know how carbs uh can play a part in in mm-hmm. creating problems for people with pcos and, and reducing carb intake can be a benefit but she at one point thought she wouldn't be able to have children because of mm-hmm. pcos and mm-hmm. she she has a a child now a little boy i believe Aww. and um so so that was you know the perfect happy ending to her story so I, I just think as, as you're nearing that time where you'd like to obviously have uh mm-hmm. children and and it sounds as though well your body's in a much better position to, to facilitate that now and to, to maybe get pregnant I, i've wish you the best of luck with that thank you that that, means a lot to me you you're you're able to to have that as the next part of the journey um so that's fantastic and and
0: I want to say too like because you know I've I've struggled with infertility for so long like even though that was kind of what prompted me to look into surgery even if for some reason it's still like getting surgery doesn't allow me to have children in that way I still would have done it 100%. Like, and, and so I think that's important to call out too that like that was something that drove me and I'm really thankful. And if that's not the outcome, I'll still feel really good with my decision that I did this, which is cool.
1: Absolutely, because just by hearing you today on the episode, Shay, and listening to the, the positive outcomes that you've experienced from having this, it, it's not for nothing. It hasn't been oh, for nothing. Totally. And, and you know I, I'm saying that to you like you know you need to hear it but you don't at all because the way you it's always nice
0: this, to you though it's nice to get the validation it's from somebody I just met that's pretty cool
1: okay well, well fair enough and it comes from a genuine place as well because I, I, I truly appreciate the way you've come here today and, and talked about this in such a balanced way and like we said at the beginning we, without a a need to try and feel like it has to be sold to people Mm -hmm. it's something that's very personal to people and I just think that the information should be there and available to people Mm -hmm. and and one thing I'd like to ask and it doesn't have to be specifically connected to bariatric surgery Mm -hmm. but it can be is what advice you would give somebody who's perhaps in a position who wants to lose weight or in maybe mentally not in a position to actually feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. doing that currently what would you say to anybody
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is your worth isn't dependent on whatever outcome in life in general that you have. So if we're using weight, you're not a worthless person because you can't lose weight. You're a worthy person because that's who you were created to be. And it doesn't matter whether you stay the same weight you're at, whether you gain weight, whether you lose weight, your worth doesn't... um, doesn't isn't shakable you can't shake your worth it's it's already set in stone it's there and so um having that lens of knowing that you are worthy to be loved you are worthy to be accepted and um the the place or the tactics to get there don't really matter like you get to make that that decision and that choice um but whatever choice it is, it's irrelevant. Like your worth is still there. You're a very worthy human being because that's who you were created to be. So, um, you know, if people ever have questions or, you know, want information about the tactic I used, I'm always happy to share that, but it, it if that's not the one you use, that's okay.
1: Uh, I mean, it's good to hear that you're not exclusive. To, to no, way. no,
0: <laughs> definitely not.
1: And Shay, where where can people come and find you? Because, like I said at the very beginning, you have some amazing content. And uh, having looked at some videos on your YouTube channel, following you on Instagram, where where should people go next to find out more about Shay and her amazing journey?
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm very active on Instagram, so my handle is Grow with Shay, G R O W W I T H uh, S H E A. I feel like I'm in like a spelling bee. Um, And so I'm very active in that community and love interacting with the awesome people there. Um, I did start a YouTube channel. um, I think I started about four months after I had my surgery and that's been super cool. I share just like a lot of experiences and um, I do touch a lot on bariatric surgery but it's not like a bariatric only kind of um, thing on that platform. Um, and then I do have two podcasts, one that's my own. It's just the grow with Shay podcast. You can find that on anchor and Spotify. And then I'm also part of a podcast with two amazing other bariatric patients, um, Rob and Murph, who are awesome people, awesome human beings, um, called the waiting table. So, and little play on words, W E I G H T I N G I N G. Yeah. Gosh, I was spelling was not my like. Top, strong suit. Oh, you're uh, nailing it today. Awesome. Awesome. I'm like, um, can you give me a definition, Carl? No. Um, So we also there, we have our podcasts um, weekly and we do them live so we can kind of like interact with our community, but you don't have to be, we are not exclusive to bariatric surgery. Like I want to make that clear also as well. Like it's really just, um, uh, we, we really like to see our audience as family. And so we, we tend to have like, you know, just funny conversations. We have lots of cool guests on hint, hint, Carl, we're going to get Carl on at some point. And so, um, so yeah, so that's where you can find me.
1: Excellent. And of course, we'll, we'll put links. I'll put links for, for all of those, for the shows, for your, your social channels as well, so people can come and find you. And, and I have to say, to your point of the fact that the waiting table is not exclusive to bariatric surgery, thanks to that, it was actually because of that itself that we began talking because yes. I remember it was as a comment I'd made on um, your Instagram account of a waiting table and then you reached out to me so I, I am a testament of the fact that you know there is nothing exclusive about that obviously the topics are related to bariatric surgery but I think it goes so much deeper than the, the method of losing weight right. and so many themes about weight loss regardless of how you've lost weight mm-hmm. are consistent in every method mm-hmm and like you said it's a community and at the end of the day people helping each other to pursue a better life for themselves and that's the most important thing about it so Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to look at all of them and Shay I really truly appreciate you being my latest weight loss warrior thank you so much for joining me today
0: thank you Carl so nice to meet you
1: you too take care of yourself you too bye-bye I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior podcast And follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.